0: This is the Employment Law Show.
1: And it sure is. We are ready to rock again. It is uh, 6.32 on our Wednesday. It's the midweek show. John Scholes here hosting and the real brains of the operation. Leora Samfiru is uh, here as well. And uh, we got you for the next 30 minutes. The opportunity for you, if you didn't get a chance last night at this time, to call us. And ask your questions. You're having issues at work. Maybe it's a severance question. Maybe anything else to do with your employment life. It's a, uh, it's where we spend the vast amount of our time. So you should have your ducks in a row when it comes to how good and robust the laws are in your favor. But if you don't know about them, can't take advantage, right? And other than that, you can always reach out to Leo and the team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the website would be Pocket Employment Lawyer ca as well recruiting employees from another job what okay we'll get to that here in a, in a moment but we always start off with the case of the day to get us all warmed up pal what do you got going on
2: hey john great to be here on this uh wednesday edition of our show to talk about employment law and help all our good listeners to resolve those uh pesky and uncomfortable <laughs> workplace issues if you're dealing with the problem you don't have to deal with it alone Uh, Let's share the load. Let me tell you what to do. Let me tell you what the law does and how you can resolve this. Answer lots of questions on radio, online, by email, by phone. Uh, but right now I'm right here on this show so if you're dealing with a workplace issue uh, let me help you out let me tell you what the law says for you Uh, I'm the employment lawyer so I kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to these issues so let's chat about it whether you're in a difficult situation with a bad boss maybe you're not getting paid properly maybe you're being mistreated or bullied or you need to go off on a medical leave and you want to know what this all means Let's chat about it. Let me tell you exactly what it means and what's legal and what's not legal. And of course, beyond the thirty minutes of this show, not going anywhere, you can always reach me by phone or email. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show. but let's uh, let's chat. let's uh, mm. let's talk about those issues. But case of the day, now, John, you've heard me say many, many times on this show, that if you need to be off work, you can tell your employer with a doctor's note that you yep. need to be off. And your employer cannot demand to know the particulars of your condition.
1: That's right.
2: Well, this employer that I'll tell you about obviously didn't get the memo. I got a call from a lady today really at her wits end. She provided a doctor's note some time ago to her employer saying that she can't work for medical reasons. Well, this employer says, not good enough. We need to know why. Okay, cool. well, she goes back to her doctor, comes back with another note that says that she needs to be off because of mental health reasons. Not enough. Employer says, we need to know more more information. Okay. She goes back to the doctor. Says uh, uh, she needs to be off because of mental health reasons that are caused by her son's uh, serious medical condition. Well, guess what? Still not enough. This uh, employer says, well, we now need this the son Medical records. Oh, to figure out that whether he's really settled down. Exactly. So she gives them the son's oh. medical records. Well, John, believe it or not, it gets worse from there. The employer then says, Now we reviewed it and we don't really think you need to be off. We think it's just a preference that you've just decided that it's, it's better for you to be off, not that you actually need to. So we're going to deny you the time off. Uh, at her wit's end, as I said, she calls me and she says, well, what do I do here? This is horrible. I I, I mean, after I had to, after I picked up my jaw off the floor, <laughs> uh, I had to kind of explain things to her as I'm going to explain to everyone here. Let's start with the fact that your employer does not get to question your doctor. They don't get to ask questions about the specifics of your medical condition. They don't even get to know what your medical condition is. The only thing they need to know is whether you can work or not. And it's not their decision. It's not the company's decision. It's your doctor's decision. If your doctor gives you a note saying you can't work, that's the end of it. There's no questioning it. There's no demanding more information. There's no assessing whether your doctor is right or wrong. If your doctor says you can't work, that is it. This employer did not have a right to ask for specifics of her condition or the basis of her condition. For her son's medical records, are you kidding me? And of course, the the final insult, they didn't get to say, we don't agree. So this employer did everything wrong. So we're looking at here a human rights violation. This can also be a constructive dismissal. It's wrong on so, so many levels. The message here is important for everyone, employers and employees. Doctor's note, simple doctor's note is all you need. And if you're an employer and you get that as doctor's note, you have to give the time off until the doctor clears the person to come back to work. You don't get any say beyond that. Very, very important to keep that in
1: mind. It basically boils down to your employer can know prognosis, not diagnosis. We always say it. it's just that simple, right?
2: Yeah, so if the employer needs some more clarification, they can ask questions about the prognosis. Well, how long are you expected to be off work? When are you gonna be reassessed again? Is there something that we can do to allow you to work on a modified basis instead of being off? Those are legitimate questions, and in fact, questions that an employer should ask, but that's prognosis. Diagnosis is off limits. They don't get to know what the condition is, what the treatment is, et cetera. That is off base, can't do that. So if you're an employee and your employer is demanding things that they're not entitled to demand, you call me.
1: Again, guys, that number, uh, I should throw that out there as well. In between, that's one 855 821 Reach on the team, 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we're going to get into this. Recruiting employees from another job. A lot of us have either been through it or been on the receiving end of it. So you know, how common really is it, Lior, for companies to contact employees that already have a good job, they're, they're solid, and they say, you know what, uh, come on over, we'd like uh, we'd like to have on our side? It's extremely common. In fact, it's
2: probably one of the more common ways employers now hire employees hmm. if we're talking about a position that's not an entry-level position. With entry-level position, it's still the most common way is a company posts a job, Employee applies to the job, employee gets interviewed and gets hired. But when it comes to more senior roles where you're looking for someone with a particular skill set, with a particular level of experience, employers often work on recruiting away employees from a, uh, from another job to to kind of headhunt them, to find people that seem to fit their needs as opposed to waiting for those individuals to apply. And the reason why we want to talk about this topic here as it relates to employment laws, because... If you're an employee that's been recruited away, that may mean you have certain rights that an employee otherwise would not necessarily have.
1: So in this scenario, what happens if the employee leaves the old job, goes across the hall or across the street, joins a new company, uh uh-oh, then they get let go? So if you're an employee that's been
2: recruited away, so you didn't apply for a job, you weren't uh, shopping your resume around, you were working, then another company came, knocked on your door, convince you to leave and join them, and things don't work out. In the next couple of years or so, they let you go. Well, here's what this means. Here's the rights that you have. Because you were recruited away, now you're owed enhanced severance. That means that you're going to get much more severance than you would otherwise because your severance is going to recognize an account for the time you had with the previous company. So you may have only worked for the new company, the one that recruited you away for a year and a half, but maybe you had 10 years with the previous company. So now when the new company lets you go and they have to pay you severance, they're going to have to account for the full 10 years plus year and a half for the 11 and a half years when they pay you severance. So you could easily be owed a year's severance, even though you, you work for the new company a very short period of time. So that only happens, again, if you were recruited from another job. If you work for another company and you decided to leave them uh, and you applied for a job and you went for an interview and you got the job, then this idea is not going to apply to you. But if you were recruited, if you were incentivized to leave, we call that inducement. If you're induced to leave a secure job, you may well be owed a, a significantly enhanced severance package.
1: I can imagine somebody who's been, you know, job number one for 20, 25 plus years. Then they get recruited by this other company because they got a wealth of experience. They're obviously great employees. And then, yeah, six months a year down the road, we can't hang on to you. We got to let you go. That, my friend, could be costly. It could be extremely costly but if you think about it there's a good reason for that
2: you know if an employee is working and and they're not looking to leave so they're not interested in uh taking a big risk but they're convinced they're recruited they're, they're being told listen you should come to us you're gonna have a good long future they believe that only for things then not to work out well they should have extra protection they should have yeah. extra severance and for an employer they may be shocked to learn that the employee that they only had for six months they could owe two years of severance to, why? Because they recruited that employee from another job. Now keep in mind, this whole idea of extra severance only applies if you lose your job in the first, let's say three or four years. If you are if you are recruited and you lose your job eight years later, that enhanced severance is not gonna apply, but it's only gonna apply for the first three or four years or so. And that at that point, if you lose the job, yeah, you could be owed a lot more severance than you normally would.
1: Got to uh, get in a little deeper into this topic after we take a short break. I want to remind you that we get some emails uh, coming along as well. We'll try to dive into those. We continue the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show Rolls On. Stay with Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Some of the best conversations take place when Lior's talking to you outside this half hour. Uh, during the other parts of the week, and thats eight two one fifty nine hundred is 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. A lot of the things we talk about on the show you have reference to at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Great website designed just to make you smarter, educate you really simply. It's anonymous, of course. It's free, obviously. And you'll also have access to that severance calculator. We often bring up severance on the show, and you think, God, how did ever do that in his head? Well, he's done it for so many years, but you can be just like him by going to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and taking that out for a uh, for a spin, being recruited from a, you know a nice solid job by another company, we're doing the ins and outs of that particular uh, uh, situation. The or you did mention just before the break about protection. So how can employees how can they protect themselves if they leave one company to another? Because you know there's a lot of trepidation involved when you decide to take the plunge, right?
2: So you've heard me talk about employment agreements many many times. In fact, we I think we were talking about it earlier this week about employment agreements and what to watch out for, et cetera. Well, that employment agreement becomes that much more important if you are about to leave a secure job because someone recruited you from that job. So you want to be very, very careful. You don't want to agree to terms that can can hurt you and that can take away your rights. For example, you, you don't want to agree to a term that limits your future severance. Why? Agree to that. Remember, I told you that you're owed enhanced severance potentially. So you're going to give all that up by uh, signing on an agreement that limits that, that, that it costs you tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars, terrible idea. Don't agree in an employment agreement to be on probation. So think about this. You're working in a secure job, another company comes to you, knocks on your door, and they say, we really want you to come work for us, please, please, please. Okay, you say, fine, I'll go. And then say, now you're on probation? Ridiculous, right? So never agree to a probationary term if you're going to be leaving a secure job, never do that. Don't agree to terms that allow the company to change your job or change your pay, change your hours. You want to be very careful. And guess what? Because you're leaving a secure job, because you're recruited away from another company, you have tons of bargaining power. The company wants you. They wanted you so bad that they recruited you. So you can absolutely negotiate these terms. So. Very, very important to not just sign off on the agreement because you're happy with the salary. If the salary is good, that's wonderful. But there's other things equally or even more important than the salary that we have to watch out for. So if you're accepting a job, you've been recruited away, you're looking at that offer of employment, you call me, you let me see it. Uh, You wanna protect yourself by not agreeing to bathrooms and that means you have the full protection that the law provides.
1: So let's flip that scenario around. You're an employer. You want to protect yourself uh, with a new employee's left in another job and they're joining your company. What do you do?
2: So everything I just said, do the opposite <laughs> if you're the employer. If you're an employer and if you're going to recruit someone away from another job, you definitely want them to sign a comprehensive and an airtight employment agreement. You want them to agree to terms that make it clear that if you let them go, their severance is going to be limited. You want to give yourself all kinds of flexibility to make changes to the job if you need to. So the single most important thing for an employer, not the employee, for an employer to do always is an employment agreement, especially so if you're going to be recruiting someone from another job. At that point, that employment agreement becomes absolutely vital. And employers often get upset uh, because they realize, oh my God, I had this employee that we recruited for six months. Now we have to pay them eighteen months severance because we recruited. That's wrong. That's ridiculous. That's terrible. Uh, the laws are crazy. Well, no, you could have protected yourself with an employment agreement if you chose not to. It is that's that's on you, right? Right. So depending on your perspective, an employee, you don't want that comprehensive employment agreement. You want to negotiate terms that are that are good for you. If you're an employer. You want that employment agreement to say as many things uh, to give you rights. So that agreement, from your whichever perspective you look at it, from the perspective of the employee or the employer, extremely, extremely important.
1: I guess at that point it becomes a, a bit of a, a, a you know a tennis match and negotiation between the two parties, right? Give and take a little. Absolutely,
2: and and yeah. but I, I think in a situation like that, the employee really has the power. Uh, if, yeah. if the employer is so excited to to have someone that they found they recruited from another job, they're going to be willing to make some concessions. So always remember that if you're an employee. And and, uh, this is always true. It doesn't matter if you apply for a job. You still want to pay extremely close attention to that employment agreement. But many more times, so tenfold, if in fact you've been recruited away from another job, it becomes absolutely vital.
1: What if a company now, there's a, there's a, like like a middleman, say they're using a headhunter, and they don't even know if the employee was recruited for another job. They thought it was just like a fresh kill. I mean, what happens in that case? Yeah,
2: and, and oftentimes, you know, you get candidates through a recruiter, and you don't even know necessarily how the recruiter found them. Well, here's the problem for you as the employer. If your headhunter recruited someone from another job for you, you may not have even realized that you're still liable for that enhanced severance because the headhunter is your agent. So if you're an employer, you want to, again, utilize that employment agreement, and you want to ask that headhunter, how did you find this candidate? Did you recruit them? Did you knock on their door? Did they contact you? Were they eager to leave? Did you have to convince them? What did you promise them? Uh, Sometimes, by the way, recruiters may make certain promises. Oh, yeah, in this job, you'll get a pay raise after six months, you'll get a massive bonus. Well, sometimes they say that not necessarily knowing if that's true. So if you're the employer, you wanna be very clear with that recruiter. What did you promise to them? Uh, And and if it turns out that they made some promises that are not in line with what you're planning on doing as the employer, make sure you let that employee know, you correct that, put that in writing. Same thing for the employee. If your headhunter that recruits you makes you certain promises, Doors are worth nothing unless you get it in writing. If the headhunter says, yeah, yeah, this is the type of job you can make a $50,000 bonus in, uh, that's amazing. You got to get that in writing. Otherwise, it's just words and they mean nothing. So very important to always have stuff in writing and an employer, you have liability, even if
1: the person comes to you through a headhunter. Could you imagine you promised a $50,000 bonus and not double checking? That would be funny. For making Americanos? Time, that right? seems a little steep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> happens all the time, though, uh, where there's certain promises that are made. Oh, yeah, you know, the the, the owners planning on retiring, so you'll be in a position to take over. Okay, well, unless you get something in writing and it's meaningless, so always, always in writing. Did I mention the owner's
1: 27? <laughs> He's not going to retired yeah, exactly. for 40 years. Uh, I want to get to a call. I want to slide in a quick email first. So, uh, Barry, thanks for saying it's long. It says, guys, my colleagues and I just found out that the company we work for will be shutting down at the end of the month. The owner of the company told us that because there are only five employees in the whole thing, well, we don't get severance. Is that right?
2: You know, I get questions like that or versions of it every single day, often multiple times a day. Well, no, that's false. That's wrong. That has nothing to do with reality. The size of the company, the number of employees, the the company's payroll has nothing to do with your full severance entitlement. So yes, of course, uh, Barry's going to be owed severance and his colleagues are going to be owed severance. And depending on the usual factor, their age, their position, the length of their employment, they could be owed as much as two years pay, two years of severance. So whether you work for a company with two employees or 2,000 employees, yes, you're going to be out severance if you lose your job. Absolutely.
1: Let's get to uh, David's been standing by patiently. Hi, David. Good evening. How are you, pal? I'm well. How are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind?
0: Well, I just have a quick question. I'm a little bit, um, I kind of, I mean, I'm the father, and I have a 20-year-old daughter who's got on with the city of Toronto Parks and Recs about four years as a summer camp uh, worker, Monday to Friday, and her boss at the last third year, she had a new boss, who is a coordinator, had got relocated to another location and worked worked with my daughter, Hannah, and asked my daughter if she would like to relocate. This is the last summer, last summer, that she was offered the position and she accepted And this summer, she went and became um, a coordinator, and she was promoted, and she got a $6 raise as a coordinator supervisor. And there was another girl there, too, who was also a supervisor. My daughter was away from work for a couple of days and came back to work, and her coworker, who was the supervisor, had came up with this plan to do a, um, a drill. Which was a kidnap drill, like take one of the kids out of the class.
2: David, the I'm uh, we're going to run out of time, so I'm going to need you to kind of get to the question. Yep.
0: Okay. So my daughter basically was let go by the city of Toronto, parts and recs, because she participated in a a drill that was okayed by her boss, and who knew about this? And there was an investigation done by the city of Toronto. I guess the union reps, and, and they called so, Hannah. She and David, fired? so let,
2: let, 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 let me stop you there. She was part of a union, right?
0: She was, well, parson rec part-time, yes,
2: part yeah. of the union. All right. So the only one that can help her in this situation if in fact she was dismissed inappropriately is the union they have to file a grievance if they agree that that the city acted inappropriately so that that's the only recourse there's nothing else here so if if the union is able to be successful she can get reinstated with back pay uh but it's up to them to pursue that and to advise whether it's legitimate uh it, it really comes down to what the union says beyond that process there's nothing else so hopefully she can work with the union to get it resolved uh and uh, on good terms
1: dave appreciate the call and the time we'll wrap it up quickly here with fred's emails this guy said was suspended without pay and the company won't tell me when i go back to work Uh, do i have to sit around is there anything i can do
2: no there's no such thing you're not allowed to be suspended without pay that's a termination of employment in some cases the company can suspend you with pay if they're investigating for example etc but otherwise a a suspension without pay is a termination so but well, you, yeah, you can wait around if you want. I, I don't know that, that I would. Or you can say, no, I'm treating that now as a termination and getting my severance. If you're in that situation, anyone else, if you're suspended without pay, that's a termination. You can get severance. Give me a call.
1: And with that, we are done like dinner. So go have yours, and we'll be back in here tomorrow night as well. In the meantime, if you got some questions, bring, bring them on tomorrow at 630, and we'll rejoin you once again. To reach out to Lior now and any other time, one 821 5900 is the number. Email we use help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, again, go there first. called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow night right here at 630 on the Employment Law Show. Enjoy the rest of your night.